Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Michelle Reister, VP of Marketing at Zaloni, a company that offers a unified SaaS data governance solution. Michelle, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks. It's great to be here. So now for people like me who don't know what unified data governance means, what does it mean? Yeah, it's actually a pretty simple concept. Once I explain it, you'll you'll definitely get it. So, you know, okay. companies have tons and tons of data and that data is located everywhere. They've not just when you think of like data in the cloud or data on premise, but you think about marketing has data sources and the product team and accounting and HR, just so much data. But employees need access to that data across functions and departments. But there's so many security and privacy regulations out there that, you know, and certain data, sensitive data, as they call it, has to be protected. And so data governance is really the system or methodology that kind of defines the policies and procedures in, to determine kind of who has authority and control and access to that data and then how to actually get access to that data. So, you know, data governance practices also include ensuring that the data is high quality so it can be trusted. So, you know, you know, you get good, if you have the right data, you get better results. And I talked about the, the privacy you're protecting. So for example, when you see only the last four digits of your credit card on, on something, you know, it's, it's that's called masking or, or tokenizing the data so that you're um, not giving away anything private. So usually there's a software tool like a data governance platform that we offer, and it's a single app that is unifying that company's data from all the different sources and locations without actually moving the data, but you know for the purpose of facilitating and automating those data governance policies and procedures. Okay. All right. Thanks for that. I get it. You're right. It's not, it's not that complicated, but still, right. it's good to have you explain it. So now when we talked a few weeks back, you said that one of your guys' biggest challenges from a marketing perspective is finding the right people to engage with. And I mean, like within an account specifically, who do you need to talk to? So first of all, why is that? Why is it difficult for you guys to determine that sometimes? And how do you go about finding the right people to talk to? Yeah, it is an interesting challenge and one that I haven't really had at, a, at previous companies. You know, most marketers know their target job titles, but yeah. data governance is, is, although the concept has been around for a while, it's really taking off with not just the introduction of new technology like data governance platforms, but the ever-growing data sprawl with companies producing more and more data and, you know, more and more locations. So creating those like data silos and needing to bring it all together. So the job role of data governance at this point really varies greatly. There isn't an obvious list of job titles. We actually did a market research campaign recently and asked who in your organization is responsible for data governance. And the answers were all over the place. We got Mm. no one everyone, a data governance council, a data governance team, risk and regulatory compliance type job roles, or IT security, data architects, data analytics, data managers. I mean, it's all over the place. There is one emerging job title that we're starting to see called data steward. So being the, you know, the steward of, of data. However, I mean, if you go and run a 
quick search on like LinkedIn jobs or Indeed, you're not going to see a ton of data stewards. It's really, it's a new thing. So it, it is, it's a challenge. We have to kind of cast a, a broader net than normal marketers, that marketers would normally like to do. Um, but, you know, we have other data points that we rely on. So we look at, you know, firmographics, technographics, buyer intent signals, you know, social and other engagement to help narrow down our target audience. Okay. And do you think, is it just kind of like a matter of time until organizations do figure out what to call the group or the person who's in charge of, of what you guys are interested in of, of the data governance? I do think so. I think we'll start seeing more titles like data steward or manager of data governance, those sorts of things. Okay. Which will make your job a little bit easier. It will. It will. <laughs> okay. But until, until that happens, I mean, when you guys target a specific account, like what's your first step knowing, g- given that it's not clear right off the bat, like, oh yeah, there's the data steward. Let's, let's talk to him. Mm-hmm. When you target a specific account, what's your first move to figure out who to talk to? So we, like I said, we cast a wider net. So we look at mostly IT function and any roles, you know, director level and above that have data in the title. And we kind of narrow it down from there. The data analysts aren't necessarily the target audience. They're, you know, the end consumers of the data, but we need somebody who's in charge of managing the data. And a lot of times it's the architect or an IT lead or, you know, different, all all the data engineers sometimes, or so we could find like a director of data engineering. We've got a list that's pretty long, but the key word is data. And we start there and then we look at who's responding. And, you know, narrow it down from there. So our both on the marketing side and then uh, on the sales side, when they're kind of cold calling, they also have to cast a wider net. Right. Okay. So just sort of an extra mm-hmm. layer of, of complication for you guys, at least, at least for right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Okay. Interesting challenge. So now you told me also when we talked a little bit ago that one of your main engagement strategies is helping your customers and and your prospects become thought leaders. So two-part question, how do you do that and why do you do it? Why is that a good strategy? Yeah. So we love to feature our customers, kind of put them on a pedestal, make them a rock star in the industry. And, you know, we do this through different things, um, through featuring them in webinars, writing case studies, when we apply for speaking engagements at events, whether virtual or hopefully someday soon back to in-person events, right. our uh, speaking, our uh, abstracts always include a customer. We'd rather have a customer speak than a talking head from Zaloni. So, you know, even white papers will be all about a, a real, a real world, some case study. And it's the strategy. I mean, it works the way Amazon works, you know, do you want to buy something with seven reviews or 700 reviews? You know, we want, we want to give our customers channels to speak on our behalf. So it's in a way it's like enabling them to do the marketing for us. Um, you know, and, and, and they're getting something in return. They are getting recognized in the industry. They have something they can share with their colleagues, their LinkedIn network. I actually 
in a previous job worked with a woman who said, you know, thank you for making me an author on this white paper. It helped me get my next job, Mm. which is so that's, you know, a loyal customer for life, even moving on to the next company. The other thing is we know through our own marketing data that our number one lead source is referrals. So whether it's a referral from a current customer or a partner or an employee, that it's all about recommendations and, and referrals. Okay. And, and one of the ways that you get referrals is by doing things for other people and right. earning their trust and having a relationship. And they're just much more prone to give and throw business your way. Exactly. Yeah, it is. It's always, you know, you know, the saying people do business with people, not companies. Yeah. And we, yeah, and right. we, we really believe we really like that too. Like we, I think part of the Zloni culture is very much a building re- deep relationship kind of uh, a culture where we all respect and get to know each other, not just as coworkers, but as people. And we, yeah. that expands out to customers too. Yeah. I, I like that a lot because I think, I mean, I know for me personally, and I bet this is the case for a lot of people it's boring to hear a company talk about itself. It's it's yeah. not super trustworthy. <laughs> it it's just boring. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, no one cares. But if a company's talking about something that I'm interested or featuring someone else talking about something that I'm interested in, then, ah, okay, I might perk up. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, oh, it's pretty cool that this company's doing that. What is this company, by the way? If they're, if they're doing this, they must be doing some other interesting things. Like, at least that's how I... I think about it. I would think that would be part of the strategy for you guys. Exactly. People want to find other people like them. For example, when I'm, you know, considering signing up for a webinar, if it's from, you know, the company, eh, maybe, but if it's another VP of marketing in a software company, I want to hear what he or she is doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause that's your colleague yeah. and you're like, Oh, okay. Right. I can learn something. And I just want to know what's going on in their company, see how it compares right. to what we're doing. Right. And and it's, you're less concerned that like, are they just trying to sell me some stuff on this webinar? Yeah. Right. Nobody wants that. But if you can be reasonably really assured, yeah, like I will actually learn something from this then. Right. Okay. At least there's some value. It, it just has, otherwise, otherwise as a consumer of the content, you're like, eh, I'm, I'm not going to spend my time watching an infomercial. Right. Exactly. Just not going to mm-hmm. happen. Okay. No, no, no. You go ahead. I was going to say, it's funny that you say that because we have uh, adopted sort of a new uh, idea that we're, we're very straightforward. If we're going to give you an infomercial, we're going to tell you. So we uh, occasionally run these webinars called no pitch demos, where we're not going to pitch to you. We're not going to try to sell to you, but it's a straight up demo. It is, you know, come in and ask questions and it's about, you know, seeing the software and it's not, it's about us. (laughs) It's about us wanting you to be interested, you know? So we're, we're just upfront about it. Yeah. I I get that. Right. I mean, sometimes it has Mm -hmm. to be about you. You, you, after all are selling something that you have, just be straight about it. Mm -hmm. Here's our thing. You want to check it out? If not, okay. Exactly. If yes, great. Yeah, no, I, I like that. So, so Michelle, final thoughts. For marketing teams that are listening to this and they're like, ooh, that's, we want to do that too. We want to start elevating our customers, our prospects, and helping them become thought leaders. 
what's the what's the best first step down that path? So the first step I'd say is really taking a step backwards and looking at what content you currently have. So, you know, something that has been really valuable to the team I'm currently on and in, in, in past roles is doing a regular content audit and seeing mm. what you have for each of your personas and each on different topics and across the funnel, you know, top of the funnel, middle funnel, different types of content and seeing, you know, where the gaps are, what's working, what's not, what needs to be updated. And then coming up with a strategy of, okay, what customers do we have that can tell the stories we want to tell? And then deciding, okay, do we do a white paper? Do we do a webinar? Is it a, you know, what, whatever the different uh, content opportunities are. So that that's where I would start first. Find out what you need and then which customers make the most sense. Okay, great advice. Well, Michelle, thank you for that and for a great conversation overall. Really appreciate it. Thank you. This has been great. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.